into the Pokes Report podcast. Zach Lancaster here alongside Brian Murphy. I'm coming to you from Stillwater. Brian out in the middle of nowhere on a mountaintop. That's dedication, folks. That's dedication, pure and simple. Well, I, th- I thought that that might be the most appropriate after West Virginia is just to get on a mountaintop. I like it. You know, I, I think so- that's I think that's appropriate. Yeah, I'm somewhere out here south of Sayre doing a little work. But, uh, but you know, podcast duties call, Zach. And and, here we are. Anything for Pokes Report. Absolutely. Which I wouldn't have been saying that yesterday. Uh, it's It's been one of those weeks. <laughs> it's like everything is going wrong. Um, but here we are. We're a couple of days away from homecoming. Obviously, we're recording a few days later than we normally would. So we're going we're gonna to forego a good chunk of the West Virginia talk. Um, obviously, we're going to talk a little Ollie Gordon, uh, picking up another national award. And, and this, this week, uh, a, a much more important weekly, uh, weekly award. I'm not saying that the uh, Doak Walker is not important, but when you're the Walter Camp player of the week, I mean, yep. Brian, that's pretty, that's pretty big stuff. Uh, that'd so, almost be like being the Heisman player of the week. Yeah. So we're going to, we're going to talk about Ollie Gordon and his performances the past couple of weeks. We're going to dive into a little bit of Cincinnati and, and what they did against Baylor and what we can kind of expect from the pokes coming up this weekend. I had dinner with, uh, with Robert and, and Emma this afternoon and, uh, we, uh, we ate down on the strip. It was really good. We're going over the basketball schedule. The Pokes, uh, men's and women's, fixing to, to kick the basketball season off. So we're trying to, with me working up in Ponca City, and, and that was my beat, you know, we're trying to we're trying to game plan all that. And, and I'm asking him, I said, so, Robert, is, is the Cincinnati defense, is it, it is as good as, as people, you know, they're talking about the past couple of weeks? And he's like, they're pretty good. Um, they're better than West Virginia. I, I wouldn't say that they're – the best defense in the Big 12, but they are good. Uh, so we'll, we'll dive into the Cincinnati Big 12 a little bit, and I, or excuse me, the Cincinnati defense, and I think that's appropriate. The, the, the Cowboys offense has really started to click the past couple of weeks, and, and I want to start with that and start with Ollie Gordon and, and his performance the past couple of weeks. Um, you know, Brian, I'm, I'm not surprised that he's playing as well as he is. It's something that we've known for the past two to three years now. It's something that we've kind of expected would happen. I'm not sure if I expected it this early on, and I, you have to give him a ton of credit with, with how incredible that he has played over the last two weeks, but I, I got to give the offensive line a lot of kudos. They've, they've blocked better the last three weeks than they have in the last year or two, and obviously you, you have to be a really good running back to be able to rush for nearly 300 yards in two consecutive games, but you got to have help up front, and whenever we hear Ollie talk about it, it's man the offensive line, the offensive line. I'm giving them both credit, but it it's I'm, it's exciting to to be able to talk well uh, about the offensive line. If you go all the way back to us talking last year at that horrible Kansas State game, one of the things that we talked about a lot during that podcast was, and and ever since then, was the difference between that zone run scheme versus the they call it the gap scheme i mean let's call it what it is the the scheme that actually opens holes for the running back to run through and kansas state put on a clinic versus us last year and that's what kind of started that i I, and i would bet that started in mike gundy going is there a better way i bet there's a better way and he found the better way they went back to some of their old stuff like We've said, he said, everybody said, you know, they've gone to that diamond. They've gone to what's called the wing, uh, which is where you've got Braden Cassidy in a 
set back tight end motion. I thought it was a really cool wrinkle that they threw in this week where he went in motion. They used it first on the goal line, uh, I think for Ollie's first touchdown, where he, he goes in motion and the ball snapped right then, and he's going full steam at some poor defensive end with a mulleted uh, Fu Manchu blonde kid coming at him that's going to blow him up, and he did. And, uh, and so they, they added that little bit of a wrinkle into it. I, I felt like I hadn't seen him snap the ball on a guy going in motion like that. They did it a couple of times and they've gone to the scheme that will open the hole so that a big back, like Ollie Gordon can hit a hole. Like Mike Gundy likes to say going downhill, which just means by the time he hits the hole, he can be at full speed if that hole is there. And Going all the way back to, if you go back to when Ollie Gordon is a feature back, okay, let's go all the way back to West Virginia last year in the rain. It's going to be a lot of the same weather that we're going to have this weekend. Cold, rainy, a little bit of wind, kind of dreary. You know, you're playing a team last year. West Virginia was a team that ran the ball a lot. uh, Cincinnati's a team that's going to run the ball a lot. Ollie Gordon, if you go back, he had 136 yards and a touchdown. That first game, that was his breakout game. The Wisconsin Bowl game, let's just throw that one out for everybody. Yeah, I think Rango wants to throw it out. The offensive line wants to throw it out. Coach wants to throw it out. But he only had 45 yards, but he got into the end zone. He had like 12 carries, 45 yards. He was still over, I believe he was still over four yards a carry. So then this year you come in and you've got the three, the first three games where they're kind of in a rotation. Then you go to Iowa State, and it was it was very clear that it was Ollie Gordon's it was Ollie Gordon's uh, running back room, 120 yard, 121 yards, no touchdowns. Then Kansas State, uh, we just keep getting better, 136 yards, one touchdown. Kansas, 284 total yards and two touchdowns, but 168 rushing yards. Again, keeps getting better. And then West Virginia, as we just said, 282 yards, four touchdowns. So. In those six games, and if we even include the Wisconsin game, in those six games, 888 rushing yards and nine total touchdowns when he's the feature back. I think we have, I think we've got an RB one here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and what's so impressive about that is the offensive line didn't really come together and figure it out until maybe the. Like half and half Iowa State, there were some moments where it's like, okay, this offensive line is is starting to click a little bit, and then Kansas State, and then obviously Kansas and what we saw against West Virginia. So Ollie is has really come into his own. I, I think that I don't think anyone should be surprised. Maybe maybe at how early it's happened. You know, it, it kind of takes running backs a couple of three years to to really get going. But the the fact that he is he's kind of figured out the physicality of it. Uh, his his vision is better week after week he's able to hit the hole and and if it's not there you know I remember uh you know so my wife is we're officially 35 weeks on Thursday the October 26th so we are we are really closing in uh on this pregnancy and and didn't really want to we didn't really want to take a lot of chances and so I've covered the last couple of home games from my home my house um Mm -hmm. just to help her out you know and, and make sure everything's okay and take care of her and and there's a couple of you know go back to like the Iowa State game, and obviously that's on the road, but the Kansas State game, and, and there's some moments where you're like, Ollie, you know, 
you don't you don't have to continue to just pound the line and, and try to force your way through. And she was like, Zach, why is he doing that? Bounce it out. He's got to bounce it out. It's not there. It's not there. And and then you get to Kansas and and then West Virginia. And there's moments where he re- he makes something happen at the line. You know, he'll the offensive yeah. line will open up a hole, and if it doesn't, you know, he's able to pick up a couple extra yards. But that vision is starting to get better where he's going to bounce it out and and he's figuring out his speed and he's figuring out the physicality of it all. And, and Ollie is well, and, really, and he it did out. that on the, on the second to last, to his third touchdown, the, 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 the first one that was the long touchdown yeah. um, in the fourth quarter, he got the handoff and there was a defensive lineman that was coming right at him. He bounced to the left and then it was off to the races at that point. So you're absolutely right. He's getting that vision and, and his, his coming to form here is only going to help everybody else. It's Absolutely. only going to bring, it's going to bring us, you know, now you're going to bring a safety down or you're going to bring a, another linebacker in there. You're going to have to crowd the box. Well, Bowman can still throw the ball guys. He can, he's still the same kid that came from Texas tech that ain't scared to throw it 60 times. I think we'll get to, we'll get to Cincinnati's defense here in a minute. I think in this game, no matter how cold, no matter how rainy, no matter how, whatever, I think you're going to have to throw the ball to win the game this week. I don't think you can just hope that Ollie carries you for 250 yards because I don't know that it's going to be there. I think that Robert is correct on it's a good defense. I, I think that you can torch this team through the air. So, you know, they are they don't have great numbers. They're 109. Oh, they're 92nd in pass defense. That's not great. <laughs> They're giving up 242 yards a game, which is about what we are throwing for right now. With with Bowman, it's a little bit higher, I think, in in conference play. But yeah, I think you're gonna you're gonna still have to be three dimensional. You're still gonna have to win the position battle, uh, the the field the field position battle. I think you're still gonna you are gonna have to show the run and be good on the run. But I think you're gonna have to throw it. It's gonna be a big game for Rashad Owens, I think. Yeah, there's no question. You know, the, the speed and physicality on the outside, we've, you know, we're starting to see the the receivers really start to open up a little bit, you know, and, and it's going to be a little wet. It's going to be cold. It's going to be kind of miserable. Uh, but I, I think you look back at this Baylor game, and obviously the weather was different, but Baylor finishes 316 passing yards with just 80 rushing yards. I don't, I don't think Cincinnati's going to limit Oklahoma State to just 80 rushing yards. Uh, well, I, I'm with you. I, I don't know if Ollie Gordon's going to have 250 plus rushing yards, but I, I can't see with the, the, with obviously the versatility and the explosiveness and physicality of Ollie. And then you mix in Jaden Nixon. And, you know, I just, I, I don't see them holding OSU to 80 rushing yards, but with that being said, no. I think you are going to have to have the pass, you know, Allen is mm-hmm. every single week. It, it's a little bit more comfortable. I I'm a big fan of, you know, he, he doesn't mess around. You know, if, if a play is kind of busted, if a play, if receivers are covered up and it's short yardage or, or he's getting rushed, you know, he, he that's the maturity in this fifth-year player that he's just going to throw the ball away. You know, he's not going to – he's not a runner. He could pick up on a design run, you know, and but he's not, sure. not going to take his chances against a defensive end. You know, he's not going to take his chances if the offensive line – Kind of, kind of fumbles a little bit, and and he's getting bum rushed. He's just going to throw the ball away. Let's just reset. Let's get back to it, and and the offense is really starting to move quick. They're starting to get their rhythm. Uh, Mahalski at center is has done an excellent job the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. of limiting the the errant snaps. The 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 offense is moving well. There's not a ton of penalties. I do think 
This is just Zach talking. I, I do think they're going to be without Jason Brooks this week. I think mm-hmm. I think that I think that injury last week against West Virginia. I don't know if it's season ending, but it from what it looked well, like, I don't think you'll see him against Cincinnati. It, that was a weird one because there was two things. There, there was one the video. Well, him on the field it takes a while. They have to go to commercial break. That's never good, right? But then they show him on the sideline hopping around on the crutches, right? Well, then. After the game, Ollie Gordon is out there getting the, the the interview, and Gundy joked about that. But Ollie's out there getting the interview. Jason Brooks walks up right behind him, no crutches. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I probably had a boot on, but he just walks up right behind him. I was like, well, okay. So I have no idea what to read into the situation. I can see him missing a week, though. You're exactly uh, at least a week. Yeah, I don't and know it, what the they, they diagnosis need him. is, but you know, they they need him. I'm not saying that they can. If if you're an off a starting offensive lineman, there's a reason you're a starter, right? I, oh, I mean, 100%. you're you're the best guy at that position, and and so they they need Jason Brooks to be on the field. But if you look at the games throughout the rest of the season, I mean, you don't want to lose homecoming. You don't want to lose at home. You're you've what three in a row now. You know, Kansas mm-hmm. State, Kansas, West Virginia. I I, I really dig in the players' uh, mentality of a revenge tour. You know, let's and and not even the fact of like a sadistic or or anything like that. But you have this team, and let's be honest, this is a young team. There there mm-hmm. is some experience on this team, right? I mean, you're looking at Colin Oliver and Kendall Daniels, and obviously Alan Bowman, and you know Elijah Collins. Even though he wasn't here last year, he's experienced. And there's some older receivers, Brennan Presley, Rashad Owens, the entire offensive line. But this is a relatively young young team. And so if you're looking well, at a guy like Ollie Gordon, who's a true sophomore, yes, he played a lot last year, but he's exploded onto the scene. And I want to get to the NIL national kind of talk that's been going around about uh, about Ollie the last week or so. Sure. But if that's the, the mentality of your younger players, some of the guys that are, are getting a significant number of snaps this year and from last year as well, and it's like, hey, listen, Last year, I, I know that it was our first year or, you know, maybe the second year, but it's our first year playing. But that's not how we like to play football. That's not Oklahoma State. You know, they and, and if you look at it, last year sucked. It was horrible. It wasn't fun. It was nothing. It was an enjoyable after Texas. But go back throughout all the years. Oklahoma State doesn't lose six games in a season. It, mm-hmm. it just doesn't happen anymore. And so if you've got redshirt freshmen and true sophomore and redshirt sophomores that are saying revenge tour, we got thumped by Kansas State last year. It wasn't happening this year. We got beat in Lawrence for the first time in a long time. That didn't happen. That's not going to happen. We got beat at home, whether we have a decimated team or not. We got beat by West Virginia. That doesn't happen, and and it doesn't. If you go back and look at Mike's record and Oklahoma State's record against West Virginia since they joined the conference, it ain't close. So the fact that you have young players that are the the big playmakers and their mind, yep. their mentality is revenge – I'm all for it and getting it. Absolutely. It's not, it's not just that they went into those games going, well, we wanted to beat them. It was, it was the revenge tour, but we went one and two. Yeah. No, they went three and oh on that tour. Yeah. I'm here for it. No, absolutely. And, and to your point, I mean, it's, it's absolutely disgusting to me that a kid has four straight good games and fans of Oklahoma state, which is since let's just say since Mike Gundy has been the head coach top, top 15 program in the nation. Yeah. Top 20 That's for sure. 15. Probably top 15, 15. Now and sure. you know, and, and that you're having to worry about if your running back is going to get more money somewhere else from a 
SEC school, SEC school. That's what's that's what's absolutely disgusting to me about this. Does, is, is it good for the kid to make more money somewhere? There's a lot of arguments on both sides. It's I'll I'll sit here today, tomorrow, the next year, and say it's disgusting that that any team that has a successful running back or quarterback or whatever that's young like that that has to now all of a sudden worry about it was you know one thing if all he started doing this as a as a junior then forever the only worry is is he going to go with the nfl or is he you know hopefully comes back now you have to worry about well is he gonna is he gonna go down the street down down i-35 are they gonna come poach him or you know his phone's blowing up i mean you know that there's teams all over the world who are calling his old pastor from high school trying to get to him i mean it's it's sickening what what they have made recruiting slash recruiting on teams transfer portal all that that part of it is is the sickening part no no i agree i i think it is a discussion that needs to be had uh but not from the not right now right i mean you get to the end of november depending on what oklahoma state's record looks like you know are are they going to play in a new year six type of bowl are they going to play in one of the uh you know one of the bowl games just under the new year six you know, are they going to be playing in January? Is it the end of December? Whatever it is, if you get into you, you make it to where it's like, okay, well, they're going to play in the whatever the Cotton Bowl or, or maybe yeah. you know, God forbid, they make it to the Sugar or whatever it is, you know, and, and they're playing December 29th through January 1st. Then you can say, okay, they are, there's three weeks before, three to four weeks before the before the bowl game, we've got National Signing Day coming up the 20th. What what big time program? was unable to secure their their running back. You know, what what program, you know, had a running back that declared early or transferred out because they weren't happy, whatever it is. But we're sitting here October 26th today. You know, you could go back to the 24th, the 23rd, the 22nd, and all of a sudden it's, well, he's won Big 12 Offensive Player of the Week. He's won the Doak Walker uh, award, Weekly Award two weeks mm-hmm. in a row. He's the Walter Camp. Well, I hope you guys enjoy Ollie Gordon for the next couple of weeks because he's not going to be here next. That's that's ridiculous. It's a, it's yeah. a discussion that needs so to I be hate. had in December. It doesn't need to be had now. You know, now don't get me wrong. Yeah. I, I do think you're going to see the players and the coaching staff, and and I think online, the push for pokes with a purpose has been really really good. Uh, there's it has a, been strong. You're there, right. There's an article out now that you can officially buy player uh, the the player jerseys. You know the T-shirt jerseys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you're going to see a big uptick in that. I think you're going to see. Uh, I think you are going to see a lot of money raised. Uh, I'm not saying that there's a threat that Ollie leaves, but I do think. Uh, and this has been going on since the beginning of the year for with pokes for the purpose. They they've been trying to raise as much money as possible, and not just for Ollie, right? I mean, you've got you have oh, a lot sure. of you look at that def- the defensive side of the ball. You're telling me that that Nick Martin is not going to be you, – you're telling me that coaches aren't going to try to be poach him? You, mm-hmm. you think – you look at these young corners and safeties, Kendall Daniels, Colin Oliver, even though that, that Colin is most likely going to go to the NFL, you're telling me that – just go back to 2021, right? After that, all the all the talented defensive players that were poached away from, from this team. Hell, the end of this year. I, I like what this defense is doing, and, and I'm not saying that I would take one guy or the other – but if you look at this defense and you still had a Thomas Harper and you still had a Jabbar Muhammad, you know, you still had the players that transferred out or look at last year's team. And if they still had Tanner McAllister or Jark Bernard Converse. So the, the conversation is going to be had about players at almost every position 
on both sides of the ball. It's just that Ollie is is the face of the program right now. Sure. But there there's a lot of time left and, and a lot of money is going to be raised over the next two to three months. And I, I don't believe that October 26, you need to be having the conversation of, well, he's going to be gone. It's just a matter of where he's going to go. I don't necessarily think that's the case. Now, money is a big factor for a lot of people. A lot of people leave jobs for more money. Uh, they leave jobs to go closer to home. But I will say this. Oklahoma State was the first. I don't know about the very first offer, but Oklahoma State was the first Power 5 offer for Ollie Gordon. Yeah. Do you know how many Power 5 programs jumped in on Ollie Gordon after the playoff run? It was uh, ridiculous. I was going to say, do you have an actual number, or are you just going to go with, like, a lot? Well, when you look at it, I mean, you had just about every— I was going to guess a number, but— a lot. A lot. I'm not going <laughs> to say. Lot. I didn't know which way you were going with that. I'm not going to say every single school because it would it would take too long. But a majority of the Big 12, including the Texas program, the traditional Big 12 Texas programs. Mm-hmm. I know Texas jumped in, LSU, and there it, whether there were official offers that were extended, but Ollie flat out told some. And it, it's in. You can go to Pokes Report. There, there's articles that Marshall wrote and Robert wrote way back in the. I guess it would have been December and January of his junior year, and then all throughout the the spring, summer, and then the fall of his senior year of him saying, listen, Oklahoma State offered. I've committed. They're, they believed in me. I'm not even entertaining conversations. And he didn't. You know, he didn't have conversations. Other than telling him, you know, or his parents or his coaches telling these big-time programs, hey, listen, he's not interested. I'm not interested. I'm not even going to have the conversation. I'm not saying that. He's not going to be recruited because he is. He's being recruited now by all kinds of people. But it, and, but does he pick up the phone? And that's the thing. I'm not, and I'm not even going to sit here and, and say that he's not going to transfer. Anything is possible. There's there's two or three guys that transferred from last year's program. Hell, last year's program, 2021. There's guys that transferred that I was I was shocked. I never mm-hmm. expected to enter the portal. I'm not saying that that it's going to happen this year. But there is a lot of loyalty when it comes to, to Ollie Gordon. So we, we still have a couple of months. Um, but instead of talking about Ollie going out west or down south or back southeast or anything like that, <laughs> I, I think we look at it and say, holy hell, Ollie Gordon's rushed for almost 600 yards in two weeks. He's giving him the rock. Right. Let's, let's, enjoy, let's just enjoy while we got it. And then – figure it all out down the road. But this upcoming week, I think, is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Cincinnati's defense, they, they're, they are good. Uh, it's not the best defense in the in the country, but they're, they're pretty damn good. Uh, now, they gave up almost 400 yards to Baylor this past week, 316 of that through the air. I am really curious to see how Alan Bowman handles the cold and the wet. Not that he doesn't know how to. You know, he mm-hmm. lived in Michigan for three years, didn't play a lot of football, but Knows how to play. You know, he's lived in the Big 12, right? I mean, it gets cold and wet across the Big 12 in the wintertime, and obviously uh, he's going to have a little opportunity uh, this, you know, this this upcoming week to figure it out. But I do think you'll see a balanced mix. I don't think you're going to see Ollie with the Rock 30 times. Um, but it is – I am really curious to see what happens with Cincinnati. But if you flip the script a little bit, uh, Baylor held Cincinnati to 162 passing yards. And if you look at what Cincinnati did on the ground, 288, OSU has done a, a pretty decent job 
the last two to three weeks to whether it's completely or partly or mostly selling out to stop the run, 288 yards. I think you're going to see Oklahoma State do all they can to try to stop the run this week. Well, they're 10th in the nation in in rushing. They're 215 yards per game. Uh, but they, they have a pretty balanced attack uh, offensively. They have on the year 1,610 yards passing, 1,504 yards rushing. So they're almost right there one-to-one, but it's their, it's their running. And this isn't anything new to Scott Satterfield, their head coach. Um, if you go all the way back, he was an assistant on the Appalachian State team that went to Michigan in 2007 and, and beat them. Michigan? We're so, talking about Michigan? Oh, we can get, we can get to Michigan. Woof. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, good that's Lord. A, we don't have enough time, good. Brian. We don't, but Satterfield, Satterfield was, he took over the coach after Bobby Petrino, after Lamar Jackson, Bobby Petrino at Louisville. And so I think he had Malik Cunningham as his, uh, as his quarterback. Yeah, and I think you're right. they, they ended the year at averaging over 200 yard passing and 200 yards rushing. Um, I think it was last year that uh either last year or 2021 uh but this isn't new to him this is this is his offense it's whenever you can average over and we've done that before i think it was back with uh kindle hunter whenever we were averaging 200 and it, and it gives teams fits because okay if you sell out to you can't sell out to stop anything against an offense like that i think that brian nardo's gonna going to prefer to stop the run and force them to pass make emory jones beat you talk about another guy who who's probably trying to be on a revenge tour of his own he played he played here last year with he was the arizona state quarterback when they came in and lost 34 17 but uh emory jones he'll he'll throw picks um i think he has eight on the year all you know in in seven games so he'll give the ball to the other team that's been a big reason why they have lost five in a row his yeah, turnovers yeah. you know eight, eight picks with, with with baylor they baylor scored two touchdowns in seven seconds early in the game they scored a touchdown opening or the the kickoff the next kickoff or ensuing kickoff is um as everyone likes to say in football the next kickoff they fumble uh cincinnati fumbles baylor picks it up takes it back in and then they lose by what three two or three they lose by three, three. i think yeah, uh, 29 26 there you go so um that's cincinnati has had some bad luck some of it is self-inflicted but some bad luck when you have a team like this that loses five straight yeah and and i think we all knew i think we all knew that these teams the the new big 12 teams would struggle um i i don't know i mean you look at cincinnati they lost a lot Right, I mean, they had they had a lot of transfers. They lost guys to the league. They they have a new coaching staff, so you kind of you kind of expected since the, the, at least the four new schools to struggle. I don't. Hey, how about this though? Luke Luke Fickle leaves for Wisconsin, but his son Landon stays at Cincinnati as an offensive lineman. That's some loyalty right there. That's um, some loyalty to like, sorry, Dad. I'm... Especially if you'd rather not leave Ohio. Right, I mean, <laughs> Wisconsin's a damn sight better than Ohio. Uh, sorry for a little Ohio slight there, but uh, you, you know, I mean, but I, I don't know if I expected Cincinnati to be be one in five. 
going into that Baylor game and and to right. to win by three. And, and that's that's a team right there that I I think I'm I think I'm most disappointed uh, in in Baylor. And and not that I really care, right? I'm not I'm not living on right. on the wins and losses of Baylor, but Baylor is is a is a such an odd team this year. You know, I, I think a lot of people expected um I think a lot of people expected that team to really jump up after uh, after beating Oklahoma State in the Big Twelve title game and uh you look at you look at that coaching staff and, and it's just kind of been weird. Um mm-hmm. I mean they if you, I, you just look at last year, I mean, I, or last week, I know Cincinnati's defensive defensive line is good and their front seven is good, but Dominic Richardson's a leading rusher, eight carries for 37 yards, no touchdowns. They had one rushing touchdown, and it was Blake Shapin, and he had nine carries for 12 yards. Whether that's yeah, you know, whether that's genuinely running or you know just trying to scramble out of the pocket or anything like that, but I mean that that's a disappointing team, and for for Cincinnati to kind of hang on and, and struggle and, and find a way to win that game in the end, 29-26. I, I think that, uh, I'll, I'll, I mean, Oklahoma State should win this ballgame. There, there's, I really don't have any question uh, of whether or not they're going to win. I think that Oklahoma State is, there's still some things to, to, to iron out, to, to, you know, to really shape up. And, but obviously the deep ball, that's, you know, the, the passing game, on the defensive side of the ball is something that they need to shore up and, and get figured out. The red zone offense, you know, is something that kind of leaves a little bit to be desired. But when you look at the running game, when you look at the passing game, the defense is really bent a lot this year. It hasn't broken a whole lot. There's been some big time plays, but they come up big. When you look at all the turnovers that Oklahoma state has had in the last couple of weeks, the picks, the, the strips, I mean, they've, the, the, the turnovers on the, on, on special teams, when you look at turnover on downs, the defense has really kind of kind of tightened itself up the last three weeks. The offense is really rolling. I don't think Oklahoma State loses this game. I don't think they should. I don't think they will. It's just whether or not it's going to be a game like West Virginia, where it comes. Now I will say, towards the end of that game, when Ollie, when the the what had been like the third, I think his third touchdown, when Oklahoma State went up what two scores at that mm-hmm. point, I had zero doubt. Even when West Virginia drove down the field and scored, um, I didn't. I didn't expect them to recover the onside kick. Um, they almost did. That was that was a strange scenario, but I didn't have any doubts there. And then obviously, it was it one play or two plays later, Ollie's back into the end zone for fifty yards out. Yeah, two. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you're looking at you know a, a, a two to three score game towards the end of it. Or if you're looking at a, a pretty tight ball game and, and it's like, oh, man, this this is really good. I don't think there's going to be – now, I, I could eat my words here, but I don't think there's going to be a moment where I'm thinking, man, is Cincinnati going to pull this out? Are, are, is, is this going to happen? Or are they going to shock the world and beat Oklahoma State in Stillwater on homecoming? OSU doesn't lose a lot of games at home anyway, but you got a 2-5 and five team against a 5-2 and two team. What, what's going to happen here? You know, I, I think Oklahoma State wins this game. Uh, I don't think I'm going to have any doubts, and I th- I think Ollie will have more than 100 rushing yards. I don't think I can confidently sit here and say that Cowboys are going to rush for two 280 plus, you know. But I I do think Oklahoma State can move the ball. I think that I think that Allen is is every week him and this offensive line really get it dialed in, and if you can get the run game going, I th- I think that. I, I think this offense can really click, and I think they can move the ball. 
and I think you're going to see the defense wreak a lot of havoc. I, I, I can, I think I can comfortably, based on the last three weeks, Brian. This is my, I think my bold prediction of the day. I, I think the defense forces two genuine turnovers, at least two actual mm-hmm. turnovers, and has two to three turnover on downs like they have. I mean, it, at this point. It, it's no longer a fluke. I mean, it happens every week, and so you not you can't set your clock by it. But I, I think I can confidently say or predict that they'll have at least two takeaways and they'll have two to three turnover on downs and, and if not, more turnovers. I'm here for it, man. I'm be, CJ's coming to the game with me. Uh, you better bundle that boy up. There ain't a lot of meat uh, on him, and it's going to be cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they get, they sell hot chocolate for a long time there. Yeah, the, uh, they do. The, but yeah, they're not. Nice they don't stop that at the end side. of the third quarter. Uh, you know, I actually don't know the answer. I bet they do because they shut down all the concessions at that point. Yeah. But no, man, I'm with you. Um, you know what though? I think it's going to be a tight game. I, you know, I'm we're no we're no spread prognosticators here, but it's seven and a half, which is the first time that we've been favored in like three, four, three weeks since South Alabama. So that scares me, but, uh, but it's only, I mean, it's seven, seven and a half, depending on where you find it. I think it's going to be inside that. I, I think the, the weather is going to play a factor there. So my score, I'm going to stick with the 27 points, 27, 24 OSU is, uh, is my prediction there. I've, I, I like the way this team has played the last couple of weeks. It got cold and rainy in Morgantown as that game went along and OSU really yep. moved the ball well. Now, West yep. Virginia, I, I think that they're a much better team. And I think if they win a few more games this year, I think Neil Brown has saved his job. If they beat OSU, like last year, beating Oklahoma State in Stillwater saved Neil Brown's job. I think if, if they would have beat Oklahoma State this year, I think that would have cemented him to come back at least one more year. I think there's still a few more games that they have to go out and win. But I think I think that's as good as West Virginia is going to be. I... I, I think Oklahoma State is really starting to come into its own. I think it's a confident team. I don't believe that – I know that Bedlam is coming up. I don't think Oklahoma State overlooks Cincinnati. I think that they – there are so many players on this team that was a part of last year's team. They they did go out and get transfers. They did go out and bring in freshmen. But there are still a lot of players on this team that were on last – that had to play. A lot of young players on this team that were forced into playing – probably a year and a half before they should have been on the field, and now they're starting. And I, I think this team understands what it's like to lose badly, and I don't think they want to do that anymore. And they've really started to figure it out. There's some talent on this team. I'm not saying that they blow Cincinnati out of the water, but I do think they've figured it out. And and I could see this being a seven-and-a-half-plus game. I'm not, but, I'm, I, but let me rephrase that by saying I don't think – like, I, I could see it being 38-27 Oklahoma State. I don't think it's going to be blown out of proportion in the middle of the second quarter. OSU fans can sit back and kick their feet up and relax, and Cincinnati scores a couple of touchdowns late to make it, you know, 38-27 or whatever. I think it could be a one-score game going into the middle to the last third of the fourth quarter, and then Ollie, you know, really kind of blow the game open, and, you know, they – Defense forces a turnover. Cincinnati gets a little desperate. You know, OSU, kind of like the end of last week's game, Nick Martin coming up with a big sack. You know, a turnover on downs here, and, and all of a sudden, you know, OSU is up 11 points towards the end of the game, and then you start to see everybody file out with three to go. 
I, I do think it's going to be a fun game. I think it'll be a close game for a good portion, but I could see OSU really opening it up late and winning 38-27. 38-27, I like it. All right, so around the Big 12, we'll go there real quick. Oklahoma at Kansas, 11 a.m. game. Back to the point spreads. This one's only a nine-point spread. I, that's that's a weird one, and I'll tell you why here in a little bit. Yeah, I think that uh, – I think I got OU winning that game, um, but – if you go back and and you look at the way a Leipold team has played in in Lawrence against OU or even down in Norman, uh, mm-hmm. Kansas has played well. And I think if you go back to last week, that that scare against UCF, OU is. I think they still win the game, um, and I think it. I, I think they they kind of turn it on late in the in the second half. Although I said that against uh, against UCF last week on our pregame show with Tom Dorado. And it, it never happened, man. UCF, they were they were trying to shock the world. But I think I would take OU in this one, plus points. All right. Yeah, that's it. I hate doing it, but yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, rock, uh, rock them, sock take, them, Jayhawks. But I've I got, oh, hundred percent. But yeah, I, th- I think OU figures out a way. All right, Houston at Kansas State. I I'll, I'll take Kansas State. I think that yeah. I think there's too much there. I think the the new Big Twelve is still trying to figure it out. Um, Houston's played better. I'll give them that. They've had a couple of games where, you know, they've they've been in it. They almost got Texas. They, you know, they won late against what was it, West Virginia, um, or who who they who was who they beat in the final couple seconds with uh, Stephon Johnson. Oh, um, Tech beat or Houston beat uh, West Virginia. West Virginia. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, but I I think that I, I think Kansas State gets this one. Yep. No, I, I agree. I would love to see uh, love to see Dana Holgerson get him a uh, get him a nice road win. That'd be that'd be good. Separate um, you know man, anytime if we're if we're five and two and we're winning and uh, the other five and twos are losing. That's good. Manhattan's a tough place to play, and and Houston they'll they're going to figure out pretty quick. I love that uh, that Gundy told or that um, Kleiman told Gundy that um, he wasn't about to play Avery Johnson in this environment, <laughs> or he told somebody that uh, whenever he was down here in, uh, in Boone Pickens that, that he goes, yeah, I'm not about to, expose he, he him needs to a this little bit. He needs a little bit more. Yeah. Yep. All right. So battle of the big 12 East West Virginia and UCF. Yeah. Give me the Mountaineers. I, this, this is a game that Neil Brown's Ooh. team has to win. They, they need to win this ball game. If they lose three in a row, Things are West Virginia. They were rolling, man. They, they they would figured it out. They were receiving some votes last week. If they lose three in a row, they lose to Houston. They lose to to OSU. If they lose to UCF, Neil Brown is his seat starts to get a little bit warmer. And and I think that the way they lost to OSU last week, I think UCF is is kind of they're they're going to be riding high. But I I think I'll take West Virginia. I think they bounce back. They need Dang. to bounce back. Um, uh, so this is, does this change any at all that it's at UCF? No, I don't think so. I mean, okay. it'll I'm be, taking it, UCF. It'll be tough. Taking the home squad. It'll be tough. But I, Neil Brown, his squad needs to win for him. So here's why, here's why I ask about the, the OU minus nine. I granted it's OU on the road. I get it. But BYU five and two goes to six and one Texas who played, who played OU really tight. OU won it, obviously. OU seven and O Kansas is five and two. So you got a seven and zero versus five and two. It's a nine point spread. You got Texas at home at six and one, bringing in BYU, who's five and two, 
and it's a 16 and it's a 19 point spread. I'm sorry, wrong line. It's a 19 point spread. So Texas is uh is favored big time at home here. Yeah, I think that I, I think the Texas is back crowd is really influenced, and they're a good football team, no question. But are they not going to have a different starting quarterback this week? Uh, well, I believe they are supposed to have Malik Murphy. Great last name for a quarterback, by the way. Oh, absolutely, real real gunslinger name. But he he's a monster, man. What is he? He's six four, six five, two thirty four. No question. I, I'm he's not. A, he's a Cam Newton. I'm not. I'm not questioning him, but. I, I think when you look at quarterback play, you get a, you throw a new quarterback out there. I I think that spread's pretty crazy. I think Texas will win. I, I think they're a very good football team this year, um, and I think if it were in Provo, that the spread might be a little bit different. But I think that's the I think that's just the burnt orange Longhorn national factor. <laughs> yeah. But I but I I am taking Texas just to be yep. just to throw that out there. I would take Texas. Yep. I'm with you. Uh, last one. And I'm and I'm hoping that Iowa State can pull this out. I kind of you know Iowa State's like our to me it's the, it's the little brother. You kind of hope hope they do well. And I don't mean it like OU calls OSU the little brother or vice versa. That's annoying to me. But it's this like one family. in a in an in an affectionate way, actual little I do, brother. I family. do like me some Matt Campbell. He's pretty cool. Yeah. And um, Iowa State at Baylor. I think I hope Iowa State wins. I, I think they, they will or not. I think they will. I think I think Baylor is is really struggled. Uh, I I think Iowa State. I don't know. I mean, I I would take Iowa State. I'm with you. All I'm, right, dude. I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna get up off this mountaintop so that I can make it to the game. Are you guys gonna do walk around? No, I don't think so. Um, what? But to be fair, we I don't let's see. We we moved here in the spring of twelve. There's not been one year where we've done actual walk around. Yeah, you've done your own walk arounds. Yeah, so we did well, you live there? Yeah, the first uh, the first four or five years, Andrea worked uh, weekend doubles. Uh, she worked late on Fridays and on into the weekend, and so we would like we'd drive around campus at like eleven thirty at night, and then. Uh, there was a day, there was one year where it was really cold and rainy and I had to cover homecoming and hoops, uh, from Gallagher and we did a, it was freezing cold and rain. I don't even remember what year it was. Uh, and my, me and my folks and my, and Andrea, my fiance at the time, uh, we did an early walker. Like we were on campus at like five o'clock. There wasn't hardly anybody there. Uh, and then we made, we made our way to Gallagher and set inside for like two hours before before homecoming and hoops. But I don't. We might drive around with her being pregnant, <laughs> dude. We ain't walking nowhere. We're gonna walk to. You the, ain't walking. We're well, gonna walk and, to the car probably, and drive and around. Sixty thousand people. They're probably not driving too much either. No, we'll wait. Like if well, I could see us getting out at like ten ten thirty, and and drive through campus and look at the house decks, and then turn around and and go home. But yep. we, we won't participate walk around, but we'll drive around late in the evening and look at the decks for sure. So, drive around. Well, um, I have never I've never been to walk around ever in my life. It's just never it has literally never worked out. And I was supposed to this year. The kids are all excited about it. And you're on They're a mountain, fun. man. What in the world? Man, listen. And but Friday night, tomorrow night, I'll be at the Edmund North game supporting Landon Hawk. He's the uh, he's the center for Edmund North, number fifty. One of the one of the like hardest working, he's on. I mean, just being honest, 
I would say this if you say if you sit around, he's undersized for an offensive lineman mm-hmm. at six a. Um, but that dude works so dadgum hard. He's fun to watch. He's, he's a he's a family friend of ours. Um, but he is fun to watch. He's a senior. It's senior night, so gonna get to go uh, support him. They've got a little run. Edmund North has a little running back. Dev, uh, I can't remember his last name now, but number three. He's he started getting some, you know, he's got the the Pittsburgh states and all that that are that are offering him, but apparently Iowa State had him uh had him up there on a visit. Doesn't mean a uh, an, an offer necessarily came out of it, but he's starting to get a little bit of love from the from the uh, Division ones. And so I saw him last week. They were out there in Yukon. Edmund North came to Yukon, so I went to the game. And he um he had six touchdowns, dude. Dang, that's wild. Six touchdowns. That's so, a that's a baller right there. But you know why he had six touchdowns? Because that center was opening up holes left and right. Snapping the ball well, blocking well. You can't ask for much more from a center. Brian, I appreciate you taking the time uh, in your busy work schedule and finding a mountaintop to, to get on top of to get some good well, service. It's all about- I don't it's know how all about service. <laughs> I, I, I literally don't know how we made this podcast happen this week. It was one thing after another power going out. The, yep. uh, it was all kinds of crazy stuff, but we finally got it done. Uh, Brian, I appreciate you. I appreciate you taking the time for Brian Murphy. I'm Zach Lancaster. This has been the Pokes Report podcast. Be sure to follow us at Pokes Report and uh, you can check us out next week here on PokesReport.com.